The transfer window has slammed shut, with Jesse Lingard remaining the only player that West Ham have signed this window. And the Hammers put their poor performance against Liverpool behind them with a great win over fellow high flyers Aston Villa. All this and more to come on the Talking Irons podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Irons podcast. My name's Jack Hobbs, and I'm joined as always by my co host Ethan. How are you, Ethan? I'm good, Jack. Uh, I'm in a positive mood despite the loss to Liverpool at the weekend, but we picked up. Three points against Aston Villa away as well, which was a grand result, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got a fair bit to cover today. Um, I think we'll start off with those recent games against yep. Liverpool and Villa. So, I think starting off with the Liverpool game, um, I'm going to tell you my, my thoughts on it at first. I thought we were quite poor, if I'm being honest. I think that our recent run did actually... I think we were expecting maybe a bit too much going into it. But that being said, they had a very, very weak side out. Um, and it's not more... The result was disappointing, obviously, but it's more of the way we went about it. We uh, we lo- ended up losing that 3-1. Um, and the manner we lost was very, very irritating, I might say. So there was there was no fight. And they, they ran all over us and... We just weren't our usual selves. So, what would you, what do you think about it? Uh, end of the day, it's Liverpool, isn't it? End of the day, it's Liverpool, the reigning Premier League champions, and it kind of annoyed me, kind of bit. Uh, kind of annoyed me, in a sense, when I went on Twitter, and I, I was chatting with uh some Man United fans I know, whilst I was watching the game, and they said the exact same thing. There's no shame in losing to a team like that. They're the reigning Premier League champions and they've won the Champions League in the past three seasons. There's no shame in losing to Liverpool. And I'll I'll honestly, hand on heart, say I don't mind losing games against Manchester City, against Man United, Liverpool, those top kind top teams really. Especially when we give them a game as well. And I mentioned that on the podcast last week. We often come close with Liverpool when we play them. Uh, four miles have a good record against them. But I think we kind of just lacked that spark against Liverpool. And last week, I think, was our easiest chance to beat them. But I think Moyes did get it wrong. But you've got to look at the bigger picture of it's Liverpool. We expected to not get three points. So I was going into the game thinking a point will be, I will be happy with a point here. As yeah. long as we go... As long as we went into that game, even if we lost, and then back it up with a result in our next game against Villa, which we did, and we'll speak about that later. But I feel like, defensively, and we've seen it time and time again, that counter-attack, that second goal on the counter, we've seen time and time again. Yeah, it happens all, it's, almost it's, every time we play him. It was, there's no taking away. It was a fantastic counter-attack, and it was a great goal. It really was. The touch from Salah was was out of this world really um nothing we can really do about it um i agree with what you're saying to an extent but obviously yeah they are the premier league champions and they they won the champions league a couple of seasons ago i agree with that but it's more about the way the attitude towards the game and the way we set up it yeah, was just so negative that, yeah. we should never especially against that week of a liverpool side we should never be going into a game thinking we're going to lose 
I think that's a poor mindset, if I'm being honest. It may well, it may well be Liverpool, but it was effectively their B team. Um, Aston Villa played their like kids last year, beating five, beating five nil in the cup. They didn't go into that thinking it's just Liverpool. So if you get what I mean, like, yeah, I don't mind the result. It's the way it's kind of di- we went about it's kind of it. Different circumstances, though. Yeah, like, yeah, really yeah, yeah it is different. But, but it's, it's just the fact that I get what you mean. There was no like going forward, no attack. It was we just kind of sat back. Yeah, and we mentioned that, didn't we? Though we mentioned like. We don't want to sit back against Liverpool. No. We need to kind of go at them, but be careful as well. Cause, and it proved it. That counter-attack was up there with one of the best counter-attacking moves I've seen in football this season, really. Yeah. And they've been known for that counter-attacking style play. And I think all three goals that they scored were brilliant. I thought Salah's composure for the first one was excellent. Yeah. Maybe our defending for the third one could have been better for Mignonum. Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, Salah's first, he just sort of just sort of weaved through. Uh, he had absolutely no right to get through there and finish that. So could have been better, but it was a good goal. The second one can do nothing about really. Uh, the third one, I think, was very preventable. But um, our Lord and Saviour Craig Dawson managed to get one back for us late on, and um, yeah, so that ended a pretty poor performance in my eyes but what matters is that we then went and put that to bed with a fantastic 3-1 away victory at Villa Park against Aston Villa now you could not get two different games compared we absolutely I think we, we were fantastic against Aston Villa had a clear game plan and we really we really um we really brought it to them and I was I was quite nervous going into that Villa game, thinking coming coming off the back of that uh, Liverpool result and the fact that Villa are a good side, especially at home. Um, yeah, but my worries were soon soon dispatched. Really, when we started the game so brightly, what are your thoughts on it? I thought it was superb. I thought that was our most rounded performance of the season. I think. Obviously, Jesse Lingard started that game and I thought he came out of the blocks just quick. You could see his attitude was on point. And you can see why Moises wanted to bring him in. Yeah. He dictated that game. He dictated the ball. Absolutely. On the ball, off the ball, running into the channels. Him and Ben Rama linked up absolutely perfectly for that 90 minutes. And that was our fullest, that was our best effort this season in terms of attack and defence. Yeah. I thought defensively, in parts, there was the odd spell where we kind of looked like we were struggling. Yeah. And that odd spell was when Grealish switched to the right-hand side. It was the spell in which Grealish switched that right-hand side because we were expecting him to play on the left and then moving him around to the right kind of confused us. But a player who I was impressed with was... Vladimir Soufal once again. Just an absolute outstanding defensive performance at right back. Surely he's Just got to be abs- considered as probably bargain of the season. Five million pounds for a man 100%. who's, who's 100%. pocketed Grealish twice this season. The list goes on with the other world class players that he's he's got trapped in his, his back pocket. Um honestly I would 
this is the sort of right back we've been desperate for for years. He's 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 phenomenal. Thank you, Suchek, for, for recommending recommending him. Just just imagine if we'd have picked him up a couple of years ago. Yeah. It Shame, but been. I completely agree with what you're saying. I think Moy's got it absolutely spot on for the lineup. I think we were all looking at the lineup, thinking, "What is it he was, doing?" Because it was. Oh, it was dropped for Fredericks. Yeah. Then, then the news came out that Moyes was using Fredericks at right wing to help Sue Fowl, uh cope with Jack Grealish, and it worked fantastically well. And I think uh, Fredericks could now have a shout at starting at right wing, especially with his performance. He was great. Um, I, I think Fredericks has. Issue, and I'm going to mention it. Last season, yeah, we had Fredericks and we had Zabaleta. There was no real competition, really. Yeah, no, definitely. In not. terms of that right back spot, but now Kufal's come in. That's created that competition that Fredericks needs. Yeah, and you can see that he's fighting for that spot and trying to get into that team. Yeah, and that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Before he got injured, got that depth. before he got injured, he was he was he was great. He was fantastic. I think. It, it, in many respects, he's been unlucky that he got injured and then we, we brought in Sufal because Sufal's been playing so well that he hasn't got hope like Cat and chance of getting back into the side unless Sufal needs a rest. 100%. And I think he came and he covered that right wing back, right wing spot perfectly, did Fredericks. I thought these last couple of games when he has played, he's been brilliant, really. Yeah. And I think. Bone can look at that and go, hmm, I maybe need to up my game a little bit here. Yeah, definitely. But I think we're... Um, quite alive, I'm going to make the squad again. Yeah. yeah we're glossing over um, who we should really be talking about, and that is Jesse Lingard, as you were saying before. Um, wow. Just, wow. That debut was, was fantastic. He absolutely ran the game. The impact you could see from the minute the first minute of the game, he was making an impact. He wanted to get involved, wanted to get on the ball, was creating space for others, was testing the goalkeeper. Um, it was just a dream debut, really, and he topped it off. Topped it off with a brace. It was a very, it was a good brace as well. And um, yeah, it just definitely shows why Moyes was desperate to bring him in, and he's proved proved a lot of the doubters wrong. I think quite a few of us thought he was going to be a decent addition. I don't think many of us thought. He'd be a decent addition this soon. I think we all thought it would take him a while to get used to it, but he's he's obviously been keeping himself fit, and he's just jumped straight in at the deep end. He's 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 blowing everyone else out of the water, really. Hundred percent. I thought he came in, and as you said, he really dictated the play, as I mentioned earlier. And I think it's just his awareness that he's got with the ball, and the fact that he tested Martinez. Pretty early on from 25 yards out. Yeah. He's kind of the player that we need because we've seen it time and time again when, say, Fornals or Lanzini is in that attacking midfield role and you can kind of see a shot that could happen. And instead yeah, of taking the shot, they kind of pass it out wide yeah. and cross it in because that's how we, we're a very, and you'll probably disagree, a very one dimensional team at the moment, I feel, in terms of like our attack is we ship it out wide, kind of cross it in and hope that Suchek's there. Or whoever's there, and then we kind of can switch as well. Because we I kind of are a one-dimensional team, but we can play it down the middle. We I did don't see. know. I don't know about that. I think we. Swap I might be wrong. I hold my hands up, but I just think yeah. that we're kind of playing one style of football, but also mixing another style as well when we can. 
Yeah, I think we... I wouldn't agree that we're one-dimensional. I think we... I think we play in a various different ways. I can't really explain it if I'm being honest, but I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily agree that it's one dimensional. But moving on, I think another player that we now consistently talk about, Thomas Suchek, got the opening goal, great strike. But I want to talk about that through ball from Ben Rama. Sublime. It was a sublime first time ball. It was perfect. That that remind that sort of through ball reminded me of Dimitri Payet. It really did. I I just oh I thought that that was Ben Rama's best performance. I thought. Yeah. In a West Ham United shirt. Yeah. Oh my God. He, him and Lingard, the chemistry there was 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 phenomenal. We're talking about uh, four hours and Ben Rama. Four hours has to watch his back now. Jesse Lingard's coming in and nicking his spot. Um, but yeah, seriously, four hours is going to have to work hard in order to. Uh, get Jesse Lingard out of the lineup if he keeps playing like that. Um, yeah. Phenomenal. <laughs> one thing I'm going to comment, though, is if you think about it compared to previous seasons, I think Bournemouth will possibly be comfortable maybe only a few games out, you know. Cause yeah. I think because the character and the way that Moyes has like, built the squad and the camaraderie that's at the club at the moment, I think it's a positive vibe. And the fact that Moyes can go, look, you're maybe not pushing yourself a bit more. Have like a few games out, come off the bench, see how you play then. Because maybe it could turn out that Fornals is perhaps a late second half substitution kind of player who can come on, impact the game, hold the ball up, make those passes when we've kind of calmed and slowed down a bit, do you reckon? Or mm. do you think otherwise? I can see what you mean, but I I wouldn't agree per se with that. I think he could do that. I, I think Fornals plays a lot better when he's played the whole game because he gets to have a feel for it in my opinion um but competition is definitely healthy and um the best player who's playing best you would hope is the one that's playing um and that's that's a good thing for us because it it, it just makes our players consistently work hard to get into that team and play at the best level they can and that's all you can ask for in a squad really but i thought we were we were really good against aston villa um, I think Dean Smith's side were a bit they didn't take their chances which is what we're usually guilty of um, Ross Barkley had a very good chance to open the scoring in the first half I think and Ollie Watkins clipped the post from a, a rare Craig Dawson error um, other than that we weren't particularly in danger of conceding uh, we did obviously concede in the end. That was a, due to a very, very neat through ball from Grealish and Watkins put it away. Um, but other than that, we weren't really troubled. But I was thinking about this during the game. Antonio had quite a, had a couple of good chances to to score. And I was I was wondering whether if we had Ollie Watkins up front, let's say we'd signed Ollie Watkins and Ollie Watkins was up front, Antonio was on the bench, just, uh, just hypothetically. Would Watkins have stuck those away for us? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Because there was that... I'd, I'd probably say so, yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I think Watkins is more... Clinical. And this is no no direct dig at Antonio, but I think he's more clinical and more composed in the box. Whereas yeah. Antonio is 
yeah. kind of still developing as a striker, would you yeah. say so? Because obviously, it's not, last definitely season. not a dig or anything. Because we all love Antonio, and he's, he's filling that striker role very well for us. But we all know that he's not a natural striker, and it's not not bad thing necessarily because we've got that good work rate, and he does pass sometimes when he should do instead of a normal striker. He would probably just shoot. But we do need an out-and-out striker to put away those chances that he doesn't see or misses because they are going to start to come back and bite us if we don't take those chances. We do need someone more clinical. I'm not whinging, but we'll get what... Hopefully, we should be able to get one in the summer, and I think we'll get onto that in a minute. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I agree fully with you there, sorry. And I think we do need that clinical striker who can get in and compose himself in the box and finish those chances. Someone who's a bit like Olivier Giroud, who's just there and who can just fire the ball into the net, really. Like Olivier Giroud, but not Giroud. Yeah. Someone yeah. like Giroud, but not Giroud. Yeah. Which means absolutely nothing. Uh, and sounds ridiculous. That, um, that win against Villa put us back up to fifth. We're now on 38 points. We're two points off top four only two points left till we hit 40 points and we're safe um but yeah so if we beat fulham uh tomorrow as we're recording this on friday if we beat fulham tomorrow and liverpool lose to city we go back into the top four which would be quite nice uh let's put it that way but yeah i think uh talking about striker that does lead us perfectly onto the transfer window um yeah, lovely stuff. Um, gutted it's ended. I do enjoy the transfer window. It's my I, I fully enjoy the talks that we have. I mean, yeah. Each week. Transfer news. About, Will we get a striker? Will we get a striker? Will we get a striker? And the, and the answer, answer was, no. was so no. cold, no. So the window slammed shut a couple of days ago. And as you can probably guess, no striker arrived. Um, now, it is... In my opinion, I think it's either very bold or incredibly stupid. And I'm going with the latter. Um, of course you are, mate. Of course I, you are. No, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh, yeah. We, Antonio is very good, but he, we all know that his hamstrings will go at some point. And when that does... If he's out for a long time, that's going to really, really ruin stuff. Maybe not ruin, but it's going to make it very difficult. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Yarmolenko and Udebeko and now potentially Jesse Lingard. Um, because we're hearing that Jesse Lingard has been brought in pretty much to be a false nine if Antonio does get injured, which... I'm not I'm not best pleased about, but I'm more I'm slightly more encouraged given his performance against Villa. Um I think it's ridiculous. What are your opinions on it? Uh, I thought it was kind of a really negative transfer window, like we have seen so many times. Obviously last January was very good. Now we look at it, uh, with Suchek and Ben Bowen. Bowen coming in, not Ben Rama. Yeah. Like I was going to say, I don't know why I went to say Ben Rama. Uh, and Bowen coming in. Um, that was a very positive transfer window. Mm. Um, and I think this one was a bit 
we needed obviously we needed a left back, we needed a central defensive midfielder, and most importantly, a striker. Striker for me was number one priority. Get a striker in. I think it's madness that we didn't bring one in. And it's just yeah, as you said, it's madness. And as you pointed out, and I think many fans will just say, "Well, we've got Yarmolenko, we've got Mikhail." Well, having those two simply isn't good enough. We need a stat. We need a striker. And there's talk of us getting Diogo Costa in. Which will I don't think that's possibly happening. move on, but it won't happen. It won't no. happen. I can't see it happening. No. But I think we definitely need to get that striker in, whether it be Armstrong, Tony, Costa, as you mentioned. Yeah, we've um, got a couple of links that we're going to go for in the summer, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but I don't understand the logic in this because um, it's come out that David Moyes was given... Uh, a budget of 20 to 30 million pounds on deadline day to buy a striker. But he refused because he didn't want to bring someone in for the sake of it, which there are two parts of this. I, I do like the fact that he's no longer just buying for the sake of it and, but, and just wasting money and that he's not being forced by Sullivan to buy stuff and that he's making his own team how he wants, because that's how it should be. Yeah, but on the other hand, we were, we're desperate for one. It doesn't matter. You don't have to spend that. Just get a loan. It doesn't matter who you get. Just get somebody in on loan. And it's just cover. Just in case stuff goes wrong. Because if it does go wrong, it could go badly wrong. If these options don't work. And yeah, 100% it's all well and good saying we've got Yarmolenko as a backup. Yarmolenko has played striker for Ukraine. Yes, that's that's okay. He played up front against us for one game against Doncaster. Scored, yes, but it's Doncaster. And let's be real, Yarmolenko is not the quickest out there. So, and everybody knows he's only got a left foot. So everyone knows what he's going to be doing. He's very predictable. Um, then we've got Udebeku, who is a good talent, but he's still quite raw. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a on like a 20-year-old's shoulders. And... um. It's good. It'd be good to see him get more minutes, but pretty much promoting him up to our first team striker within a year is absolute madness. Um, yeah, what, what what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I doubt they're dissimilar from mine. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, mate. I think obviously we've seen Yarmolenko's scoring record for Ukraine. It's unbelievable. I think he's second on the list behind Shevchenko, who is now the manager of Ukraine in terms yeah. of a. Uh, Scoring goals. I think he's got eight or set, eight or nine goals to get before he breaks that record that yeah. Shevchenko holds. And I think, as you mentioned, his left foot is his biggest attribute, really, and his strength, because obviously he can cut inside. And I think he's, he is so predictable. It's a bit like a bit like when you watch Mo Salah, really, when he cuts in. And yeah. I'm not comparing Yamalenko to Mo Salah in one bit. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but it's a bit like when, obviously, Salah cuts in his left. And I just think it's crazy. If, yeah. I'm, if obviously, Antonio, <clears throat> Antonio's hamstrings go, like you mentioned, in my opinion, we're screwed. We are really in a... We're in a sinking ship, really, when yeah. it comes to that attacking position and that frontal yeah. front attacking force that we've got. Yeah, but get, make no mistake... Obviously, we do like Yarmolenko and we do think it's a player. It's just the fact that filling that void is not easily done, especially when 
you've got such a big void like Antonio to fill, and Yarmolenko is absolutely nothing like Antonio. Um, so we've just got to pray that, that um, Antonio doesn't get injured. We've got to wrap that man in cotton wool after every single game. So, yeah, he cannot get injured. He cannot. I'm going to touch wood. He can't. Um, there is another slight positive about Moyes not spending that 30-odd million pounds. And in my opinion, that is because he's saving it for the summer, which I think is likely. Um, Ex-West Ham United employees come out and said that said that these five strikers that we're targeting in the summer, I am very happy with all five of them. They're very good. So I'm going to read them out now. They are Danny Ings, Abdullah Sima, Bulai Dia, uh, Udward from Celtic, and Ivan Tony from Brentford. I would be happy with all five of those. But the one I want in particular is Danny Ings. If we were to, that Danny Ings to West Ham would be a would be a huge signing. That would be massive, in my opinion. Um just imagine the squad rotation of Danny Ings and Antonio, because that could be exactly what they both need. I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, but it saves them getting injured. If they if they rotate games, they don't have to play as much and get injured they could still be scoring that strike partnership as well if they play together could be absolutely deadly and Danny Ings is as clinical as they come we want a clinical striker Danny Ings is the man so any one of those five I would be absolutely buzzing um, obviously my preference is Danny Ings what, uh, who would you would rather sign out of those five Ethan um, I'd probably say Danny Ings as well to be honest I think, obviously, he wants to go to a Champions League club, as you mentioned. He wants European football. Well, he He's also European said, football. I think we also said that if a Champions League club doesn't present itself to him, then he is very keen on a move to London. Obviously, us being in London. And pretend, if we get Europa League, I doubt he would say no. 100%. And I think... He's one of my favourite strikers to watch, really, because he's kind of that... Yeah, me too. He's a striker who can play on his own, but can yeah. play alongside someone as well, which is what we need in a striker. And he reminds me of the old-fashioned, just running into the box, making runs kind of striker, really. And he can score, really, from corners as well. Yeah. Which is, I think, an attribute we need as well. Obviously, we've got Sutek, who can do that at the moment. Exactly, yeah. I think... Going into the future, Danny Ings is definitely a player that we could get our hands on. Yeah. But one, another player in that list that interests me is uh, Abdullah Seema. Yeah, definitely. Who has been absolutely on fire this season. Yeah. I think he's got thirteen goals and like fifteen appearances now. Yeah, I think he does actually. I'll have a, I'll have a quick check, but he's and been he's been great for Slavia Prague, and obviously we've got a very good relationship with Slavia now, so. That could that move could come to fruition quite. That's quite likely. He's 19 years old. He's got three goals in the Europa League. He looks like a very good talent, and he'd be one for the future as well as present. If he could transfer that over, like he's doing in the uh, Czech Republic League, then he could be a great addition for us. In the league, he's got 10 goals in 12 appearances and three assists. So obviously that's great. He's reached double digits already. Um, and I, I think they'd probably be asking for 20 to 25 million pounds for him, which isn't a bad bad deal, really. But considering we wouldn't pay 13 million for 
Boulay beer. I doubt us pay it. Doubt see. I don't. I don't see us paying that because we were saying that Deer is inexperienced when he's not. Um, it was quite a lot cheaper, but that would be quite ridiculous, really, if we paid that and didn't pay Deers. But I think, yeah, we definitely need to get a strike, and it's just becoming frustrating now at this moment in time. Yeah. I can see us... We did mention Diego Costa, and I can see us, if things do go pear-shaped, like, badly, I do see us dipping into the free agent market and maybe bringing someone in like that, but I think that'll be an absolute last resort. Um, another bit of transfer news, per se, is that Lingard, ex-West uh, Ham United employee, has stated that he could be signed from Man United permanently for around 10 to £15 million. And if, if Lingard keeps up these performances, then there's no excuse to not be paying that sort of money. If, if he continues to play well like this, then it would be, that'd be fantastic. Um, I think Moyes was saying that it's pretty much a, it's it's like a it's like a um, a testing period for for him and for us just to see if we want him and he likes it here. So yeah, that if he keeps playing like that and he's available for that price, then there's absolutely no excuse to not be doing that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I don't know what so do. we talked about potential incomings. We're going to talk about outgoings now. We were quite busy on deadline day, not for bringing people in, but for shipping um, out our youngsters on loan. So the first to get sent out was uh, young Portuguese centre-back Cardoso, and he was loaned out to Basel for a year and a half, I believe. Um, I think Ethan was saying, um, and there's probably some truth to it, that it's probably something to do with the Ajeti transfer. We've probably not paid them or something like that. Well, we've probably not paid uh, them in... Uh... You know, they thought, oh, we'll have Cardozo alone. Because from what I heard last season, he was he was possibly on the verge of the first team last season. Yeah, that's what I'd heard. And I did a piece for all that football on him, and he, his stats were good. The fact that he's captained the team at under-19 level, his national team even. And he made a handful of first-team appearances for Bo Vista in the top flight of Portuguese football. Yeah. He's got a bright future ahead of him, and I hope he does. Yeah. Well, I think it's an 18-month loan at... Yeah, it is. Basel. Hopefully he does well, and hopefully we don't sell him because that would just be a bit, bit pointless, wouldn't it? Um, another it's one. Look, it'll be like Tony Martinez. We'll sell him. Yeah. And he'll end up doing. Doing well. Um, another outgoing. This one irritated quite a few people. Was. Um, Afaloan. He was loaned out to Bolton Wanderers on deadline day, and given the fact that we're so low on strikers. Loaning out our youth striker who scored a goal on his debut did seem like utter madness. Um, no doubt it would be a good move for Afaloan. Um, definitely because Bolton are obviously a good team. It's a shame how they've fallen so so far down the football pyramid. But it'd be a good move for him and he'll learn a lot there. It's just, it just seems a bit ridiculous to not be keeping him here when he could be of some use to us. 100%. I know, obviously, I think... He's oh, he's twenty three now. He's um off alone, obviously. We got him from Solihull Moors, and um when he scored fifteen in forty five games, he's had spells at Oldham, Mansfield, and obviously now Bolton, and played for England C as well, which is a non league team for England. 
Yeah. So he's getting on quite a bit at the age of 23, and I think we've signed him, obviously, a couple of years ago. He's come through the academy. And I think letting him go is a good move and a negative move in both parts. Good move, good move for him, but it's a bit of a bad move for us. It's a bad move for us, but a good move for him to get game time. And obviously, Kevin Nolan's got that connection at Bolton. Yeah. So I think it is a brilliant, it's a brilliant move for him, and I'm chuffed that he'll be getting, I'm chuffed, I'm happy he'll be getting first team football. Yeah. Um, shame about that. And then another one to go out on loan was Alice. Alice. Um, he's been loaned out to Cambridge United for the remainder of the season. So both him and Apollon are out on loan for the remainder of the season. Uh, good move for him. I think that's also a good move for us. Gives him some, yep. gives him more first team experience. Because he spent um, last season on loan at Accrington Stanley. I Did he? he spent, yeah, he spent uh, time on loan at Accrington Stanley. Okay. Um, he was played a couple of games, I believe. Uh, was good in parts. I've heard from Stanley fans. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's a good move for him. Good for his development. Good for us because obviously he can develop into what could be a good centre back, good solid centre back. Yeah, he's not definitely. had many come through our academy, and hopefully this just shows, as we mentioned last week, how good our academy has been in developing these players and getting them ready for like loan spells away for first team football. Yeah, I think that's plaudits to Moyes for doing that because we yeah. very rarely saw that before Moyes came in before. Pellegrini really came in. Yeah, definitely. That's um, all I've got to say on that matter, I think. Yeah, I think that wraps up that, and that wraps up the transfer window. So, um, obviously, there'll be a li- there'll be little bits of transfer news now and then, and obviously we'll keep everyone updated on that. But um, we'll talk about various links that have happened. But the majority of the transfer news will be done now until until nearer the summer. So that's a shame. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think we'll we'll also be keeping update on our loanees to see how they're doing and everything. But I think that brings that to an end. So now we move on to a little bit of miscellaneous stuff uh, before we hit our next couple of match previews. So today, uh, David Moyes has been nominated for Premier League Manager of the Month. Um, absolutely well-deserved. Realistically, there should only be two people with a serious, in, seriously in contention of winning this, and it should be Moyes and Guardiola. I think Guardiola's won six out of six games, and Moyes has won. We've only lost one game out of eight in the start of this year. Obviously, a couple of those, were, one of those was cup games, but I think yeah. really Moyes deserves this award. For yeah, West, Moyes how often do you think... West Ham United in fifth place in January? You know what? I'm going to put another name forward as well, and I think I've been very impressed with how they played recently. Yeah. I'm going to say Graham Potter. Yeah, I, yeah, I, would, think, I would agree. I would agree. I think Graham Potter as well, because Brighton struggled early on, and I've just looked now, and they've, they've not lost in four Premier League games. Brighton are a very good side. They, they're a massive bogey side for us, but they are a great team. They've got some good players. Graham Potter set them up well, but when they play badly, they play badly. But when they play well, they are... They are fantastic on their day. Because heading into the new year, they'd won one game at the start of the year. Yeah. And that came against Villa. And then since the turn of the year, really, 
like we saw at the restart. The restart last year, they came out firing. Brighton were really good after the restart last year. Yeah. And they've yeah, had four um, clean sheets in their last four Premier League games. Yeah, that's against a... Liverpool, Tottenham, Fulham, and Leeds. That's a all of those except for all of those are very attacking sides, especially exactly. especially Liverpool and I would say Leeds as well. They're very attacking. Um. Yeah, they're, they're doing very well. Um, looks like they could potentially afford to drop now, but obviously we'd love David Moyes to win it. Um, one of our players has also been nominated for player of the month and but not the one that you expect it to be i'm expecting you'll think it's thomas suchek but it's actually craig dawson um a bit of a surprise but also not that much of a surprise if that makes sense i'm a little bit shocked but i'm not really shocked um i'm I'm not shocked either i thought "Mm, it's gonna be suchek if suchek's not in there then we've been robbed and then when i saw a silver card revealed i was like it's it's dawson yeah, Craig Dawson's been nominated. I never thought I would ever see Craig Dawson get nominated. Be nominated the player of the month. Um, well, that just shows that just gives credit to the man, really. Yep. He's. Us, we all. We're not all going to pretend and sit here say we knew he'd be good for us, because we didn't. We were all fuming when we signed him, but he's really proven us all wrong, and he's been he's been very solid for us. He's kept a couple of nothing. Three or four clean sheets that he's played in those games. It's been very good. He's scored three goals for us this year. So <laughs> he's almost he's almost reached the amount of goals Antonio's got in the league, which is uh, worrying. Um but it just shows how well he's been playing. So we'd obviously love him to love him to win that, but I very very much doubt he, he's gonna win that. It's just, it's just the fact that he's come in and he's solidified that defence when Watford fans are basically slagging him off last season, saying he was poor. Watford fans um, were laughing at us, saying that we've given you our worst centre back and we've taken your your best right back. But maybe it was the other way around, boys. Yeah, maybe it was. But I think, yeah, I thought we're really, really solid with him, and I think him and Osborne now is a starting centre back partnership almost. It is. If, Not we, can, if we can get him permanently. I think that's always wants to do that anyway, so I think that's probably going to happen. I think we were offered to sign him for two to three million in the uh, in the January window, so I reckon that will be the same in the summer, unless he has an absolute stink for the rest of the season, which I don't I don't really see happening. So I reckon Dawson will be a permanent hammer at some point in the future. And he's thirty as well, so he's still got a couple of seasons. Yeah, he's got a couple of seasons left in him. So I think three million pounds is price. Um, Moving on now to our uh, match previews. We play Fulham tomorrow in the Premier League away. We're away at Craven Cottage. Um, We've got a big couple of Premier League games coming up. We've got Fulham then. We've got Sheffield United. So that is a massive, massive chance for us to put a gap between us and some other teams. Uh, Two relegation sides. It's just a shame that they're both really picking up form at the moment, especially Sheffield United. Um, but we're talking about Fulham, so we'll stick stick to that. Um, it'll be a tough game in some respects, but we should, because they, they made it hard for us at London Stadium. But if we keep playing the way we're playing, I don't see why we can't go and obviously get the win. Um, obviously, we cannot take them for granted because taking teams for granted 
it usually ends badly. Um, Liverpool and Spurs will tell you that after losing to Brighton. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see us losing unless something goes badly wrong. I know Scott Parker's a good manager, but I, I do see us, I do see us taking the three points. Hundred percent agreeing. I think um, Tottenham are a hard side to obviously break down. And I think they did struggle, but as Scott Parker's kept saying, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this team, and he said proverbs. And I'm not going to quote him directly, but he says that this team is kind of a challenging one, and they know yeah. the challenge ahead. And he's constantly said that, and he knows what. The difficulties Fulham have had this season, obviously coming up from the Championship after beating Brentford in the playoffs, um, in the playoffs, and they have a good side going forward at times, but it's kind of their defence that lets them down. Yeah, and their penalty taking as well, which we've <laughs> obviously known and we've obviously seen firsthand. But I think they are going to be a very hard side to break down, and I think I'm not going to give my prediction till later, but I think. We might struggle against a side like Fulham, you know. Yeah, I, I can bottom, I can see us. Being towards the bottom of the table. We struggled against them last time to kind of break them down. I can the see time, I can see them giving us a hard time. Because the amount of times we hit the post during that game, yeah. dink, um, was just remarkable. And we just came so close. And how it ended just one nil, I don't know. Yeah, um, obviously hoping it'll be a bit bit more of a comfortable score line. I do think they will give us a, a good game, but I, I I would like to think that we would obviously win because given our form and the fact that they are in the relegation zone and it's a London derby, which you always want to win. But um, yeah, I'm going to, I think we're going to give our predictions now, really. I think team news, we're literally the same. Maziwaku is expected to be back in a month, so that's going down. So that'd be nice. Uh, be interesting to see where he fits in. <laughs> Uh, I think he was tweeting the other day saying, yeah, where do I actually fit now? Which is a good point. But it'd be lovely to have him back. Uh, we'll bring something to us. But for the for the Fulham game, I am going to predict... I'm going to say 3-1 again. 3-1 away. Uh... I believe Antonio is going to score. Ben Rama is going to score. He's already scored twice against Fulham this season for Brentford in the Cup. Um... And Suchek, why not? Um, so I think uh, similar lines, but I'm gonna go two nil. Yeah. I'll go. I'm gonna go. Check duo. I think Suchek and Sufal. Okay. Sufal hasn't had a goal yet, and Sufal looks like he's getting in that more of an attacking position, really. Yeah, he had a he had a go. He had a go against Villa. And he... Yeah, chance, so. and I think he'll. Uh, I think he's overdue a goal, really. Yeah, I think everyone is. I think Ben Rama is massively overdue one. Ben Rama is overdue. I think if Ben Rama is going to get one, it's either going to be against Fulham, or it's going to be some magical recreation of um, something that happened against Man United a couple of years ago, which we're going to talk about now, actually. Um, so, given our predictions for Fulham, we then, on the 9th of February, three days after that, we play Man Un- Manchester United in the FA Cup. That is the fifth round. Uh, we'll play away at Old Trafford. Tough, tough game, especially considering Man United just beat Southampton 9-0. So that's worrying. Um, if being honest, I think a lot of people are going into this 
feeling a bit negative. I don't see why we can't beat them. It's obviously going to be a hard game. Uh, Jesse Lingard won't be able to play for us because obviously he's number one. He's cup tied with Man United. Number two, Loneys can't play against their parent clubs. Um, so we'll probably see. We'll see four now be recalled to the starting lineup. I pretty. I'm, I I think I think we'll uh, rotate against Fulham and have our stronger team for United. Yeah, I I, I agree, mate. I think we played Manchester United last time in the league, and I think. We we didn't take our chances last time. We didn't, and, and that let us, us down. They punished, they, that let us down, and they, they weren't. The they weren't that. They good. were off. Their first, their first goal shouldn't have counted. Um, and then when Man United get a goal, they usually get another two. So they they're very much a sort of form based. Yeah, and we've got to be careful with Man United. Yeah, we have to be wary. <laughs> they won nine 0 Obviously, yeah. Uh, it's not every day to teams win nine 0 but I think we just got to be wary, as you said, and make sure we don't like get caught out at the back like we have done. I I go back fully to playing five at the back. I would I, only I, do I, that go... if we have Mazuaku back, but I don't think he'll be back for that, so I wouldn't go for that. Creswell at left back. No, Creswell not left, left back. back, and then. I would not no. play Cresswell at left wing back. Maybe no, Benjamin. Like... Uh, I think that might be a bit of a bit of an ask. Or uh, Fredericks at left wing. Uh, back, maybe Fredericks. Maybe. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll what see. We'll see. Go to. But um, as you said, I, I would, I would, yeah, I would rest players tomorrow against Fulham and then. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a ma- It's going to be a big challenge. I, I, I would assume that. Man United will rest some players for that FA Cup game because they're obviously chasing the chasing the title in inverted commas. Uh, but they're chasing the title supposedly, so they're going to want to be having they're going to have one eye on the league. Um, so it could be a good opportunity, depending on their lineup. It's going to be a good op- good opportunity anyway. Uh, I I'm going to bat the boys, and I'm going to say. Two one. Uh, yeah, um, it's gonna be a tough game as we've mentioned because obviously we'll have Bruno on the pitch. I think. Yeah. Or we might rotate it with Mata. Depends. They'll uh, obviously get a penalty at some point, which yeah. Bruno Fernandez or Pogba will score. But I think I think it's Algerian be winger is going to recreate Dimitri Payet's gorgeous free kick against them four years ago. He's going to stick it first leg could we thirty yards out. We don't, men- we don't mention the second leg, remember? We no, that didn't happen. Second- we don't mention happen. the replay. No, that didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Um, that didn't happen. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to say an optimistic 2-1 to West Ham. I'm going to go. Which would see us progress to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup for the first time in four years, wouldn't it be? Four years? So. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 1-0. And I okay. think it's going to be a corner. And I think Suchek once again. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can see that. I think... As long... This is the thing. I would love us to win the FA Cup. Love us to go on a good cup run. But given Man United's form, I would be disappointed. But as long as we play well and we give our all and we don't go out with a a whimper like we did against Liverpool, then I won't be as disappointed. Obviously... The most we can ask is that the boys go out there, give 110%, and um, we actually go for it. 
this club needs silverware. There's a good chance to do it. So, yeah, I'm going to be optimistic. 2-1 to us. You're going to go 1-0 to us. Let's hope we can let's hope we can replicate that, obviously. Let's bring the FA Cup home. <laughs> so, I think, that, I think that's all for today. Would you say? Yeah, that's everything, I think. I think yeah. we've covered almost everything. Uh, we've got a vital three points with a... Now we're in fifth place. Everything's going perfectly fine. Yeah. And then um, we're going to probably, hopefully, come away with an FA Cup victory on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, well, I think we have to correct Chelsea's Twitter page. Uh, London is not blue. London is claret and blue. So, have a lovely evening. Thank you all for listening. Um, one thing I have to say, come on you irons. Come on you irons. Yeah, I'm living at the tension life. I don't need your acceptance. I got the ball and I run with it like I'm Declan Rice. Got the ball and I run with it like I'm Declan Rice.